All right, let's get right into it. Joined in studio now by Toronto Police Chief Myron Demke to talk about the budget and the issues facing the city and the police service. Chief, great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Great to be here. And I know you've you've been a Toronto police officer your your whole career. You what year did you join Metro Police? Uh, January nineteen ninety. Wow. All right. That's uh, that's and you spent the whole time with Toronto yep. Police. Yeah, thirty four years, just over thirty four years now. So oh. you've seen it all. You've seen how the city has changed for better, and in a few cases for worse. I guess you know what's what's been happening on the streets these these past decades. Yeah. Listen. Uh, not only have I been a police officer for 34 years in the city, I'm uh, born in the city and and uh, continue to live in the city, raising my family. So, uh, absolutely, seen the changing dynamics in our great city. So yesterday, you gave a press conference a few hours after Olivia Chow unveiled her budget: 9.5 percent property tax increase for the residents of Toronto, a historic high for the city. And the budget has grown by a billion dollars. It was 16 billion last year. It's 17 billion. Um, this year, the Toronto Police Service Board had an approved budget, the one that the board had put forward to the mayor and to council, saying this is what we would like. And I understand the request for uh, funds was much less than a 9% increase. What had the police board been asking for from the mayor? Well, so, you know, the process uh, we went through is to work very closely with city staff, uh, particularly during the fall uh, last year, to develop um, a budget request that would allow the, the Toronto Police Service um, the capacity to continue to hire so we could better improve some of our very degraded service delivery. Um, and, uh, you know, we're 90% of our budget is people. So at the end of right. the day, uh, any increase in our budget is really driven towards uh, the ability to hire. And uh, we, we put forward a 1.7% uh, increase proposal to the board, which represented in uh, the work we did with city staff. I mean, I, and I think I got to give credit to city staff uh, they worked very hard in bridging mechanisms and other tools be, uh, in the budget to help, uh, you know, it, make our request for our operating pro, uh, money uh, as low as it could be, but allow us to continue to hire people. And that's what that $20 million, 1.7% increase represented, is a combined effort of the city's efforts in the background, uh, doing bridging work and, uh, you know, impacting our reserves and the like. And uh, giving me as chief the capacity to continue to address a, a real concern around our ability to deliver core services. Um, so that that's effectively what that $20 million is all about, is the ability to hire people. And that request is not being fulfilled as stated. And yesterday in a press conference, you addressed your concerns about that. What, what does that mean? What will that mean for you operationally that those funds will not be made available? So, you know, the board approved uh, unanimously $20 million and... Uh, yeah. After that, uh, city staff came back with a reduction of $12.6 million, which is a considerable change. Um, and that really means, as I said, the ability to hire people. So we are projecting uh, the need for four classes of 90 police officers and about 100 civilian professionals uh, to continue to help us reconstitute our capacity in a number of key areas. You know, and we look at metrics on uh, how we're doing. Uh, one of the metrics we're very attuned to is our ability to respond to the most urgent calls when right. people call us. And uh, we call those priority one calls. And uh, they are the most urgent matters where people's uh, lives are potentially in danger or more uh, concerning or more dangerous. And uh, we're right now averaging 22 plus minutes. And I think important in that metric to to unpack is 60% of the time when we get a call of that nature, um, we have no units available. And when no units are available, that our client response time climbs to over 30 minutes. 
And, uh, you know, I'm a longtime resident or lifelong resident of the city. As I said, um, you know, I think uh, when I talk to my neighbors and then when as chief, when I talk to people across the city, uh, that's a very concerning uh, metric as, a, as it relates to the performance of the police and being able to deliver what by legislation we're required to deliver. We're required by provincial statute to deliver adequate, effective police services. And I'd suggest that, you know, 22 plus minutes in a priority one circumstance is not an indicator of adequate, effective service delivery. We're joined live in studio now by uh, Police Chief Myron Demke, reaction to the budget. Chief, uh, when I campaigned on my vision to hire 500 uh, Toronto police officers and people said, Fury, that's a lot. I said, well, I actually don't think it's a lot. It brings us back to the number we were at 10 years ago. What is the number that you believe we need to be able to really reduce that wait time. I mean, people hear 22 minutes, they think, well, you know, hold on a second. I remember this Nicolas Cage movie, Gone in 60 Seconds. You know, they're responding in 60 seconds to some of these theft and, and car thefts. Apparently not. Apparently that's just in the movies. How do we get it down to what the people think is the expectation? You call 911, there's an urgent situation, and police show up a few minutes later. How do we get to that point? Well, I think, you know, we can look at uh, the data that's available and, and try to have an evidence-informed conversation on this. And in 2010, uh, we had 600 more police officers. And in 2010, we had over 400,000 less people in our city. Uh, so a different draw on our demand. Uh, and in 2010, we responded to priority one calls in 12 minutes. Uh, the standard set by the board in the 90s uh, was six minutes. I can tell you we did a jurisdictional scan and the range is anywhere from six to 12 minutes uh, that police services respond to priority one calls where data is available. And of course, we are considerably worse than the next worst number. Um, So when you talk about what is the right number, uh, I think there's a discussion to have in determining that number on what kind of services we want, what we expect our police officers to be doing, uh, what are the priorities for the city as it relates to adequate effective service delivery. What I can say unequivocally is 22 minutes ain't it. Uh, that is not what people are telling me anywhere I go. They're, in fact, quite concerned about that. Now, I know that when it comes to this budget, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. I think even those of us who support adequately funding the police do want to talk about bureaucratic efficiencies. I've gotten to know a former Ottawa police chief and Senator Vern White, who's done a lot of academic work on administrative and bureaucratic reforms within policing. What sort of reforms can you do to just get better bang for your buck in terms of uh, uh, the administration and budget that way? So listen, we're an organization that's been uh, innovating continuously and, and reforming. And in fact, my Uh, When I stated my goals when I became chief, one of them was to continue the modernization and reform work that we've embarked on. Some of it has included um, exploring uh, uh, alternative service delivery models. We've certainly civilianized in some uh, cases. But I think... Can we do more? Well, I I think, uh, you know, the budget discussion uh, includes our ability to hire about 100 uh, civilian professionals. And and that's being challenged Hmm. with the budget as it is. So... One of the things that I have to look at um, when I consider what other essential work we're doing that we would scale back to meet our growing pressure on the front line um, is the continued reform is unfortunately one of the things that tends to suffer under these difficult budget constraining uh, circumstances. Uh, So, you know, for context, I have 140 sergeant vacancies, 40 staff sergeant vacancies. A lot of the reform initiatives require supervision and good governance. Uh, But I'm carrying a significant amount of vacancies in that frontline supervision at a time when our police service is at its youngest on the front line. 
Sorry, um, can you fill those vacancies or this budget, uh, this lack of fulfilled request puts at risk the ability to well, fulfill it them? absolutely puts at risk because I think, you know, what is important to understand is that for me to promote a sergeant means a police officer is coming out of a car who does frontline service delivery. Right. Uh, so at the end of the day, every supervisory rank uh, promotion takes a constable out of a particular area of business. And when you have these kinds of vacancies that we're carrying and the pressure on the front line with 25% of our service being under five years of seniority, it's a, it's a real concern. So we'll be doing some uh, very serious decision-making in the coming uh, weeks, depending on how this uh, all plays out. Chief Myron Demke, while I have you, I want to ask you about the coroner's inquest uh, recommendations coming from jurors in response to the, the, the longstanding conversation on the death of Sammy Yatim. 11 years ago, hard to believe it's been that long because a lot of people will vividly remember uh, those videos that surfaced of your team standing on that subway car and then uh, being shot and being killed by then Constable James Frasillo, who uh, did face some jail time, although was ultimately found um, not guilty of second degree murder, but guilty of attempted murder. What stands out to you in those 63 recommendations, Chief? Because I understand that there was a collaborative component to this, your team's relatives, Toronto Transit Commission, and the Toronto Police Services Board. So uh, your voice was included and considered in this. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think uh, this inquest is um, uh, serves as a reminder of the incredible pain that continues to be felt 10 years later um, and a very important discussion that is happening as it relates to uh, how police handle circumstances like this. Um, the, the things that I'm really looking to explore out of this, uh, we'll review all the recommendations, of course, uh, but the ability to really improve early intervention opportunities uh, as it relates to our members and understanding the data points that better help us get ahead of things uh, when, when we consider uh, elements of policing that our members are exposed to is something I'm very interested in uh, particularly paying attention to. There's a a lot, of, uh, a lot of this has to do with bystander training or training our officers to intervene amongst themselves. And I can tell you we have had 10 years since this incident, and we have uh, moved forward in that regard uh, well in advance of this inquest, and we'll certainly explore what else we can do. Uh, but we already have bystander training within our organization, and I think it's And to be important. clear, that means one officer uh, speaking with another saying, hey, can we reassess yeah, what we're doing here? exactly, exactly. And I, you know, I, I think it's important to uh, for people in Toronto to know that the Toronto Police Service has some of the most incredible training. Uh, the training has been developed with our communities. We have scenario-based training that is co-designed uh, with our communities who have lived experiences in our police officers are uh, highly skilled professionals who take great pride actually in what they do. And with that, they take great pride in holding each other accountable to the highest standard. Chief Myron Demke, thanks very much for coming down, joining us in studio today. We appreciate it. Great to be here. Thank you.